This episode contains offensive language to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Same 24 Hours podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Atwood, and you have entered another episode of Notes on Nonsense. You probably thought that these would stop once the the book came out, but I don't think that I'm actually going to be able to quit them because they are the most downloaded episodes on my podcast at this point. So something I must be doing must finally be right. (laughs) So thank you all for listening. We had a great 2019 um, towards the end of the year hit top 50 podcast on iTunes for fitness, which was really cool. Um, I don't know if I technically qualify as a fitness podcast at this point, but it is what it is. It's, I don't really fit in any category I am starting to learn. So welcome to 2020, everyone. I hope everyone is off to a good running start. It is January 7th today, and I know that that was always a super overwhelming kind of date for me. Um, you know, you're one week into the new year. Chances are, if you set really high and potentially unrealistic expectations, then the seventh is about the day where you decide that you're a piece of shit and you're going to go back to the old habits. So if that is where you are, dude, I get it. (laughs) I have spent plenty, plenty of January 7th right in this boat. And so what I want to talk about today, and this is in light of the boot camp that kicked off last night, the Year of No Nonsense boot camp, which is now closed. So if you missed it, you missed it. Sorry. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I, I just realized that a lot of what we all struggle with is so similar. And I think there's a certain feeling in our lives that we're so different, you know, we're so unique, we're so individual and we are to a degree, but a lot of the same concerns and fears and adequacies and inadequacies that we fear are very, very similar. They're very across the board everyone has a universal sort of nod when it comes to certain things. Now, we all have those friends who are like, well, I just had this like really great life and everything's fine and nothing's wrong and I'm happy. And so the question with those individuals is, are they telling the truth? (laughs) That's where I want to be. I mean, I'm sure some people are genuinely happy people. And Yeah, but I don't really buy the argument that they might be putting forth that they had this great childhood, that everything was perfect, that they then married the person of their dreams, they can imagine being nowhere else, that their kids are angels, that they love their job. Like, I don't think these people are telling the truth. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Now, if you're that person, um, go ahead and email me and we can, like, hash this one out. Now, I don't believe that there is an inability to be grateful for everything you have and to be mostly happy in your life. But to say that there's no struggles and everything is hunky-dory, I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it at all because I've talked to way too too many people. I've worked with way too many women, especially at this point, to believe that we're not all struggling in a lot of similar ways, a lot of similar ways. Today, I'm going to cover a hot topic item. (laughs) Hot topic, hot button topic, hot topic item. What does that even mean? Sometimes I think I'm not even here. Okay, a hot button topic. And I touch on this a little bit in the year of no nonsense, but I'm going to go ahead and hash it out here because I was in Pennsylvania this past weekend and I got a message after my talk with um, one of the Tri Club 
um, managers who said, I'm coming back out there to, to visit their tri club in March. And she's like, oh, I'm so excited to hear about your, your perception on this because I love this thing and, and I just want to you know, learn from you. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know if I have anything to teach, but <laughs> here it is. And I think a lot of people are going to cringe and, and they're going to argue with me. Um, and that's fine. We can, we can do that too. But today's episode is about self-care and why self-care as a concept, a term is absolute nonsense. All right. So any of you who are like self-care junkies are now raising your hand and protesting. And that's great. We can totally argue. Um, but I want everyone who listens to this to take a little bit of a pause and think about the term self-care. So when you think about self-care, what is it you think about? And a lot of times it has to do with doing some sort of action or taking a step toward your personal health or your diet or your nutrition or your relaxation, your emotional state that you, quote, should be doing, right? The problem with self-care as a concept is, number one, it's driven very, very much by advertising, (laughs) by marketing. All of these companies are telling you self-care is a thing now because they are able to sell us more products around self-care. So there's that. That's just the surface level. level. Second is it's basically become a term that now allows us to feel like we're not even doing that correctly. So if you think about, oh, I should be doing more self-care, it becomes another thing on our list that we're not doing good enough or that so-and-so is doing better. Look, she's meditating. She's journaling. She's taking hot baths and turning off all electronics two hours before bed and leaving her fucking phone downstairs. Good for you. You know why I don't leave my fucking phone downstairs? Because if someone murders me or tries to murder me in the middle of the night, I want to have my phone near me. (laughs) Sorry. I can't stand that. I totally get it, though. We want to not have our phones near our bed. Fine. Put it across the room. But what if you get murdered? I don't have a house phone. So, you know, my phone is with me. My phone goes with me everywhere in the house in case I fall and I can't get up. And I don't have a life alert. So (laughs) anyway, so when I hear someone say, oh, I leave my phone downstairs at eight o'clock and I go upstairs and I do all this stuff. It just makes me feel bad about myself. Like, why can't I leave my phone? But I know, like, deep down, I have a a need to have my phone in my bedroom. But I feel like self-care has become another methodology of people who are really good at something (laughs) managing to make the rest of us feel like crap about it. So when you see someone who's like, hashtag self-care, like, what is it they're saying? Like, what are they actually posting or what are they saying? Now, are they saying something that's like helpful to the rest of us trying to get through this hard ass thing called life? Or is it like self-care? I'm in Bali on a Bali. I don't even know how to pronounce that. On a meditation retreat. Self-care. Come on. That's not what self-care. Like, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. I just don't. Because I feel like it's just another way to prove how someone thinks they're better (laughs) than you. Now, The idea that we all need self-care is perhaps not nonsense, but what I'm going to challenge is the fact that we've even created a name for this 
that there's even a term out there trying to tell us to do something that really should be a part of our own psyche, our own life, our own intuition, our own being. Taking a bath, stretching, exercising, eating well, that's not self-care. That's living. (laughs) It's living. These are things that keep us healthy. We don't need to categorize them into another name of things to do. We don't need to categorize them into something where advertisers can now market us a different product. Self-care is about living. Taking care of your life, living, being present in the moment is what we are after. In the introduction to the Year of No Nonsense, I talk about how we are here to live. That's it. We are not here to do a to-do list and to do self-care on ourselves. We are here to live, to be fully present in our bodies, in our minds, in our experiences. Now, the problem with self-care also is that it it assumes this, this starting point that we love ourselves enough to care for ourselves. And what I have learned over my experience and also with coaching women is that so many of us have been hurt so deeply by ourselves, by other people, by our past, school teachers, parents, whoever, boyfriends, husbands, wives, wives and husbands, <laughs> I don't know, all the other people. And we have been hurt so deeply that we hate ourselves so much. And we, one, we don't even know we hate ourselves. It's just this constant voice in our head talking about, oh, you're a piece of shit. Oh, you can't get your act together. Why do you have to always eat that? Why can't you get to the gym, you lazy piece of shit? Like, it's always this voice in our head. And that, my friends, (laughs) is self-hate at its finest. And most of us don't even know we're doing it. Like I, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I did a class with Deb Cheslow several years ago. Um, we did a, an online program, which I probably should call her. We, we could do something new because it, very, it was very helpful. But it's about listening to that inner voice in your head. Um, because until you know the things that you're saying, until you know the inner voice and know the words that he or she is saying to you, you don't even know the amount of self-hate that is happening. And so where self-care ties into all of this is that we have to quit giving ourselves list of things to accomplish that make us feel like crap about ourselves. We have to quit setting these goals around diet and exercise and putting your cell phone downstairs and giving yourself all these things to do. Yes, we need to create better habits. Of course, we need to eat well and exercise. That's not what I'm saying. I want to get rid of some of the rigidity around the self-care nonsense because it's adding to our plate. Our plates are already very full. In order to get rid of the stuff on our plates, we have to look at the truth about our lives and we have to look at the truth about the nonsenses in our lives. And we also have to understand if we're coming at this whole thing called life, if we are approaching ourselves and sorry, I just had to look at the clock because <laughs> I realized I had an appointment. Um, I think my voice shot across the room and I don't really edit these. So forget it. Carrying on. But we have to look at things from where we're coming, where we're approaching it from. If we are dealing with self-hate, if we are dealing with perfectionism, perfectionism issues and addiction issues and all sorts of stuff, 
it's really hard to be like, hey, let me pile on a little massage and self-care on top of this. So that is where my distaste for the phrase comes from, because I think there is so many ways that we can benefit as individuals to changing our lives in a very simple way that doesn't involve this bullshit term (laughs) of self-care. It's just life. And until we stop labeling things in these compartments that are making us feel less and less adequate, we are going to continue to feel like crap. And the other problem with self-care, and this goes back to the idea that we don't, that some of us don't even love ourselves. We don't even know where to start. So if you as a starting point, and this isn't everyone, not everyone feels this way, but if you as a starting point have trouble with self-esteem and you don't like yourself at your core, like, well, you don't like what you see in the mirror. You have dialogue that runs through your head that's like, I'm not a nice person. I'm not smart. I'll never achieve my goals, blah, 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 blah. If you're doing stuff like that, and that's what's going through your head, how are you going to walk in a room and be like, I think I'll do a little self-care on myself right now? No one's going to do that because it feels inauthentic. And one thing is sure and true about us is we we are our own bullshit meters. We can smell bullshit from a mile away. We can smell it in other people. And we can smell it on ourselves. We know when we're trying to bullshit ourselves. And so when you tell yourself, I think I'm just going to wake up and care for myself today. But the next thing that runs through your head is you get on the scale and you hate yourself for what you weigh and you think you're never going to be able to lose weight and you think you're never going to be healthy and therefore you're never going to accomplish that half marathon you want to do or the 5K or be able to walk up two flights of stairs without being gassed. I can't do a podcast without (laughs) being gassed because I forget to breathe. But if we're always thinking these things about ourselves, how are we going to start with self-love and self-care? It is an unnecessary statement and pressure and action that we are putting on ourselves. Now, for those of you who love self-care, I'm going to argue that you are coming at life from a different angle. Okay, for those of you who were wandering around and was like, oh, I didn't feel like I had any goals and I didn't love myself, but then I started taking baths and meditating and and self-care and it saved me. Great. You are not my audience at this precise moment because what I'm trying to do is talk to the people that self-care is becoming a defeating proposition, that they're seeing it and they're feeling gross about it and they're not able to move forward. So look, if self-care works for you, It's not your nonsense. And part of the year of no nonsense, part of that book is about identifying what is nonsense for you. If you respond on my social media complaining to me that self-care is not nonsense, you did not listen to this podcast through the end and I'm going to call you out on it. (laughs) Because I'm telling you right now, if self-care is not your nonsense, fine, go self-care yourself to sleep. I don't care. I really don't. But I believe that self-care is a whole wad of nonsense for a lot of people because we're framing it in the wrong way. What I want to do, my challenge for you, self-care challenge, is not to identify actions as self-care going forward, to identify them as part of things you do. For example, my name is Meredith. I like to make a meal plan. I like to stick to it. I like to do cardio before I eat. I like to eat a meal, and then I like to go lift weights. (laughs) And then I like to take a shower and then I like to work 
And then I like to go to bed early, but I like to take a book to bed and I like to read. And I like to have my phone right next to my head. <laughs> and to me, oh, and I stretch sometimes too. And when I do those things, that's me living my best life. None of that shit is self-care. That's Meredith Atwood doing her best life. So my challenge for you is to stop looking at these things you should or want to do as self-care actions and look at, look at them as things that you do because they make you happy. They make you feel like you're healthy and they're taking you on a path for your own goals. Let's get out of the self-care culture and get into the art of living. Welcome to your year of no nonsense. I am privileged to be a part of it. Until next time.